Michigan is also speaking of poor taste. Michigan speaking is, of poor taste. Um, hold on, can we go back to, <laughs> to Jason's quip there? Not that the, not that Jason is guilty of this, but just the justification of well, it's what everybody else calls it. <laughs> yeah, which is I'm just, I'm trying to help you. That's out. never gotten just, anybody. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Jason, for trying to help me out with the worst yeah. assist of all you time. You are welcome. Right. Yeah. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Okay, welcome back to the Wheel Rock Podcast, everyone. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. <clears throat> we are at The Wheel Route on Twitter. Wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com is the email address. And then you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, etc., etc. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I am uh, coming to you guys um, from Stewart, Florida. Lovely, lovely weekend here in Stewart, Florida. Uh, not a not a cloud in the sky, which is nice. Um, actually, it rained yesterday. It did rain yesterday. I don't know what I'm talking Oops. about. Um, we we needed a little bit of rain. Now, you know, things get crispy around here. Got a lot of sand in the soil. You know, it perks fast. So uh, good to uh, good to be with you, boys. I'm on Twitter at Log on the Dawn, uh, where I opine occasionally about things that are important to me. Namely, defensive coordinators and offensive play calling and uh, the important things, general snippy things. Um, you know, that's, that's where I make my money. Who else is here tonight? My name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where, again, unseasonably warm recently gave gave some nice windows for a couple of golf outings this weekend. Um Good I'm on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan, where I think I did a pretty good job of refraining from tweeting messy things uh, this this past 48 hours or so. So hats off to me. I did it. That's right. I followed. We the are very one we one. are very proud of me. We are very, very proud, proud of, of me. <clears throat> um, I my name is Jason Crick, and uh, I also tweet things at Jason Crick. Um, I've also refrained uh, recently from from hot taking it up. Uh, I don't think I had. I it's more reasonable for me to refrain from that than either of you this weekend. But uh, still, I, I follow the rules of Twitter, and I never, I never tweeted, and so you never twote. I never, I never twote. So um, I feel like there was a. I feel like there was a Sarah Fuller tweet, Jason. Not, not that that wasn't like a, that. Not that that's that was fair. a bad thing to tweet about, but that's fair. You did, You're right. You did join. You did join at least one fray. I did. I did. I did. I did jump into that. Um, into that moat a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. But yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I, I feel like that's that's a good ratio for me. Is is yeah, yeah. it down to one per crazy topic? I'm just here. I'm just here for accountability. Okay. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I'm also in. Uh, I'm in the friendly city. Where <laughs> was. Just absolutely gorgeous today. Just like low to mid sixties, cloudless. Just a delightful, delightful Sunday in Harrisonburg. Love it. Um, are, are we are we uh, partaking in any beverages tonight, gentlemen? I've got another bubbly water. It is the the cherry Michigan in line. No, no me. I I still don't know if that's 
pronunciation is correct. It's got four letters. I'm guessing N O M I for Northern Michigan, I believe. Oh, so maybe they go like Nami. 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 <laughs> hard, hard to say. Um, you uh, you gave a review of that one. Not enough Michigan cherry for you. Yeah, that- I mean, I like I'll still drink it. It's it's more exciting than just tap water all the time, like we've sure. discussed a little bit. But uh, I think it would it would benefit from an increased presence of Michigan cherry. I feel that for my period. Cherry and lime goes uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get to the grocery store today, so I have a Devil's Backbone Gold Leaf Lager, just right. nice and smooth. I've had a. I've had a long day. Like I, I just. I always love the updates on the you not going to the grocery store, but there's Correct. there's always one of two beers. Like the reason that you don't have a different beer is because you didn't go to the grocery store. There's just an yeah. ever present amount of gold leaf and or yeah. Vienna that's correct. Any Devil's Backbone lager. It's just, it's just <laughs> always there. Yeah, Within yeah. a casual I'm Richmond lager. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it, I mean. My grocery trips, like I'll get like devil like Devil's Backbone has the fifteen pack where it's five of each of the three beers, right? Um, and then I'll always get like one or two six packs of just very different beer, sure. and that's when you guys get like the drop in from the randoms. But then there's <laughs> there's always the standby and the vegetable crisper. Yeah, you know? okay. you always got to have it. Yeah. This is good. I'm glad the vegetable crisper is getting used. Uh, yeah, that's for, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's move it along here, boys. Logan, are you so, drinking anything tonight? Oh, yeah, 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 I got yeah. another Modelo. It's a Modelo Negro. Uh, a little little dash of lime in there. Not not too exciting. Um, trying to think if I had any exotic drinks last yeah, did night. Did you have anything exciting this weekend? <clears throat> no, I had a Buffalo Trace last night. Nice. A little bourbon. Um, but just with an ice cube in it. So large ice cube. Uh, we uh, we went went to a dinner for a friend's birthday, so it was, you know, nice to kind of move freely about the cabin a little bit. Put your mask on and sit at a restaurant. And always, you know, a really a really charming, good time. <laughs> Feel alive, right? So uh, <clears throat> yeah. Other than that, just some beers. The, the normal. Some beers for the table. I heard that the cool. other day was cool International beers. Lager Day, so that's probably. Ah. Exciting day for Jason. How many calendar yeah, sure. alerts did Jason have? Every every day is International Lager Day. <laughs> hey, yeah. that's right, brother. Uh huh. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's uh let, let's get it moving. So beautiful day today. I saw you guys play a little golf. You hit up we the shampoo. All yeah. right, all right. Things. How how's the game looking? You got it dialed in. Everybody's just hitting it straight. Uh, our our guy Jordan is uh just lighting up the place these days. See? It was. It was impressive. I, when you play twice in like three days, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he had, he had all get, the touch. You get in rhythm and uh, like there's not as much of a warm-up period. Like I, it no, didn't right. take me the first eight holes to, to figure out <laughs> the speeds of the green or like my putting stroke, which was nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we both played pretty decently. Like if you yeah. combined different aspects of our game – into one like we would yeah. have had a mega awesome round that's that's true Com- like, combined we were one outstanding golfer yeah i i mean i was pretty good off the tee and with the putter and i struggled in between those two points of the course which is a lot of the course to be fair it's <laughs> 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 kind of important but yeah. uh half yeah. some I mean, would say half like i i played i think i played well 
I think I played better than I scored on the front nine, and I scored better than I played on the back nine. Well, some good. Some I think that's probably crucial, fair. crucial putting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, Excellent. That was a good day. Is it what Jordan? You shot eighty-two again, right? Mm-hmm. And I shot eighty-eight or eighty-nine or something like that. Yeah, you were eighty-nine. Both broke you. ninety. Yeah. Nice. We played with. Uh, we so we had a we had a third, and we we picked up a random. Um, what was his name? Clem. 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 Uh, wow. He introduced himself. I thought his he said his name was Clem. Yeah. And I was like, oh, um, boy. he's <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. there's really no great politically correct way to say this. He's not what you would picture when you hear his name was Clem. Clem. Um, he was. Fella. He was. Uh, he was an older, like fifty-something Asian fellow with like the bucket hat and the. Love like it. Argyle pants, and oh, he was they're, a they're delight. They were like Ian Poulter yeah. tablecloth pants. He was he was wonderful. He was so wholesome and like was just happy to be there. He he was uh, he said like past years he's like come to the valley and played like Pack Saddle and Lakeview. And he's like, but he's like yeah, next year I have to come back here. It's so beautiful. I've never been here. It's his yeah. first time playing. He's, so and he, like, he's from Fredericksburg. And yeah, the amount of times this guy would just like. Pull his golf cart off the path oh to my stop gosh, and so take wholesome. a picture of like the mountains, the mountains. or like, yeah, right, right. Geese like, in the pond because it was just like it's so. Different and he was from what he's he was doing. good. Like he he was at least oh, as good he as was us. Great. Yeah. Um, and so he was like he was fun to play with and like was quick. And but we were always we were usually waiting on him not because he was like playing behind but because we turn around and he'd be oh. like at the top of a hill just taking a picture in every direction and we were just so like awesome. this guy's the best it's like smelling the roses that's it was beautiful. wonderful that is yeah. you know that that is tremendously old he asked us he was like what uh, what week is like what's the best fall foliage week if i was going to come back just yeah. like so he was like he was like like second third week of october and i was just like <laughs> i was like yeah i would say third week of october is probably <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah, well, with global warming and all. So yeah, 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 you got to count every day, you know. And is it El Nino year next year? I think <laughs> right, you got to keep track of that. And <laughs> now nah, it was, it was, a, it was a delightful afternoon of golf. It was great. Yeah, what, oh. one of the most pleasant pairings you could have yeah. asked for. Just because <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Like a random third at Chinvali can go some oh, no, directions. Got some, yes, yeah. So this be, was you know, freaking. This was ten like, out of ten. I would play with him again, like. Oh, yeah, really, really. I'm a little disappointed I didn't grab his number. We should we <laughs> should have swapped contact. <laughs> we'll Clem, Clem, I'm in the Berg. I'm yep. in the F Berg. Clem dog. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Um, well, I was gonna hit some golf balls this weekend, but it didn't work out for me. We had some stuff going on around the house. I uh, did build my new smoker, Jason. I was sharing some smoker uh, with you it today. Looked, it looked gorgeous. Um, I was also, I guess, just letting you guys know it came. In a fantastically small box, <laughs> yeah. and like every we saw, we saw uh, Koji's Instagram story of you singing and muttering to yourself at eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, the, Why did you try to put it together in the dimmest lighting ever? Like a Christmas morning, assembling the toy that he yeah. that he opened. Well, I so I it came on Friday, and I started putting it together like Friday night, like nine forty-five, wow. which was probably not the best move. As I like took all, I mean it. Like I said. Great job. Shout out to their packaging engineer for getting it all in that box. But damn, <laughs> if it was not plumb full of all the parts and just like little styrofoam blocks, and it's just impossible to like extract all the little styrofoam pieces and the tape. Like, why do you got to put it in a plastic bag and then tape it twice? <laughs> so then you can't even rip the plastic because the tape creates like an unrippable collar that you like can't pull through. So then you have yep. to find the knife. So anyhow, a lot of that going on, but uh, we, we did, we did get it all together. Uh, 
we saw fire yesterday, and we uh, we burned meat today. So good times. <clears throat> Excellent. Working with the short rib route tonight. It looked yep. delightful. Yep, little uh, Korean inspired short rib. I'm a, I'm a real yeah. sucker for Korean uh, barbecue flavors. Yeah, you've, you've so. always been a you've always been a big fan of that route. I like yeah, I like a nice you know a little Asian zing situation going. Your Probably could have let them stay on a little longer. Uh, but they were great. They were they were they were cooked and well done. They they just probably I probably didn't take them all the way to like whatever two hundred five or two hundred three like you're supposed yeah. to. Um, but delicious nonetheless. Uh, we will we'll use that again hopefully this week. And I did uh, Logan. I think I sent I sent you the picture. I didn't send Jordan. Yes, I did, did land land tonight. Um, what uh, what cut did you do the the lollipops? Yeah, just the lollipops. Just did the rack of lamb. It's it's such a like it. Start to finish, those that rack of lollipop lamb lollipops is like an hour and a half. Mm. It's great. Like you just you smoke it up to like one twenty five ish, um, and then you like I I have my grill and my smoker right next to each other. Oh, okay. And so right before it got to one twenty five, I cranked the grill up to as high as it would get, and got a big fire going. And I just picked the lamb up, put it in the fire, flipped it over after about a minute and a half, and you sear both sides. And, yeah, it's so good. That is good. Gotta, you just gotta get the rub right, and uh, I don't know, good. Jason. Does your does your um camp chef doesn't have like the flame like ability to like it does? Yeah, or, you can you can you can pull the, <laughs> the. It's got a little sliding thing that you pull okay. and expose it to direct flame. I just haven't done it, um, just because I have that gas grill right there. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I don't I don't feel like burning through pellets just to get the temperature up yeah, when I got a propane tank yeah. right next to double me. Double fist grills. You, you Mine, uh, I got a whole I got a whole corner. I only did like four short ribs, so I had plenty of space on the grill. So I have like a little slide dial thing, so I could just open it up, and uh, I finished them off with some some direct furnace blast right on there. But got to, it's great. It was it was gotta uh, get that great. gotta get that Maillard reaction. Yes, a delightful experience. We'll yeah. we'll do it again. I'm very, very excited nice. for you to embark on this journey. <laughs> Yeah, it was very nice to not like be imp- impulsively checking my Bluetooth uh, thermometer the whole time. Be like, that fire! I put two logs on that fire ten minutes ago. It's taken a while. Then ten minutes later, I look down. It's like four hundred twenty-seven degrees in there. I'm just roasting a turkey just to smithereens. And it's it's, like, uh, it's always like the like smoking later. purists are always like ah oh, pellet grills, but it's like man, it makes like a minus barbecue and it's so easy. Like, don't yeah. judge me. A minus. Would be great. So, all right, let's uh, keep it moving here. Uh, we got some college football, boys. Uh, I guess this was sort of uh, what Black Sunday or whatever they call it um, for yeah. college football. Our 2020 version of it. I think it's maybe been a little bit muted, uh, given the situation. I think with a lot of schools and COVID and everything else, and some teams are still playing. Like, I mean, we still have like, maybe one or yeah. two more games. So, um, I mean, most of the SEC is still playing. Technically, yes, right, yeah, yeah. They all have a game on Saturday. I think Pac, all the Pac-12 plays. Actually, does the whole SEC play on Saturday? I thought just I like there's, there's three or four other games. It's either okay. it's either eight or ten teams playing on Saturday. Oh, okay. Um, I know, like the I think the whole Pac-12 is playing right in the Big Ten. So yeah, the B1G. Sorry, but that all said, uh, a couple new names to add to the fray here: Lovey Smith Dunn at Illinois. Hmm. Um, Kevin Sumlin done on the heels of a 70 to seven drubbing by Arizona state done at Arizona. That was a official can of game. If I've ever seen one, it was 42 to seven at halftime. Yeah. Officially. Wow. 
So yeah, it's a weird uh, pummel drum, but that's true. You would, you would never think one so. of two pummel drums we had this weekend. Oh, did we? Yeah. Um, I'm North sure Carolina won 62-26. Oh, nice. Uh, and then uh, Auburn, uh, they finally did it, guys. They they got it together and they did it. Uh, Jason, Jordan, and I were talking and looking at, I guess, football scoop before we got on the pod here. But it looks like Auburn, I think, owes Gus like twenty one million. So um, we were, we were, we talked about it on the golf course. The buyout was twenty one point something million. Yeah, five and fifty percent of it has to be delivered in the next. 30 days. And apparently they've already had that assembled and like yeah. on hand for a Reportedly, while. Reportedly it's been sitting around for a couple months. Yes. And then um, dust every time he know. beat Alabama. It's just yeah. like, oh man, got to keep <laughs> the that more, money in the vault. The more interesting scenario, the, or not interesting, but just like Auburn's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see who they come up with um, because I think there's like on the order of eight and a half to $9 million owed to the staff. Yeah, their defensive coordinator has a five million dollar buyout, Jason. Like, five million dollars for Kevin Steele. I, I believe that it's going to. Now there are rumors that they're just going to hire Kevin Steele, which would be objectively hilarious. That but, would be, yeah, yeah. Um, it would be. But uh, yeah, I, so like all told, I think the final tally was pretty close to thirty million dollars, which I believe is the right. most ever paid in a buyout. Right. Yeah. In so, a pandemic year. Auburn's don't, weird. Don't have your ads negotiate contracts. Yeah. yeah, and and also it, but on the same on the same token, it pays to be a school like Auburn, where you can you know make some phone calls and basically generate enough interest uh, to do this. Um, I just I think the point with Auburn is that job is not going to be very attractive as long as Nick Saban is still coaching in Alabama. And I mean it's it's going to be attractive because you're going to have a chance to win a national championship there. You're in the SEC West. You're going to get national TV games. Um, but you know, I mean, people pointed out like, the expectation to, to long, longevity ratio is yeah. tough, is tough there. Very I tough. Mean, people, people pointed out that it's one of only like two or three, uh, three or four places in the country where the last two coaches have won national championships there. So like you can win there at the same time, Gus Malzahn won like 65% of his games. Wait, wait, wait. Who won? Who won there? Gene Chizik. Chizik before Malzahn. Malzahn didn't win one there, did he? Who won there? I thought Malzahn won with. I think one of them won. Chizik was the coach. Malzahn was the offensive coordinator. On the same team, I believe. He never. I thought he won a, a national title like his first year. Are we, are we counting that fake? A thirteen and O team that claimed a national championship and got left out of the BCS. Maybe that's what it. Maybe that's what it. Really like the the, the, the I probably should have fact checked this. Tommy the Tommy Tuberville team because that's who the coach was. Um, anyhow, no, I, yeah, I just I don't okay. think Malzahn won a national championship there. I think you're but right. The, he the did point, win like sixty five percent of his games and beat feels, Alabama multiple times. Yes, yes, it feels like he probably was owed a national championship based on the amount of grief and high level wins that they had, but it was Auburn and they also would either, you know, they would oh, be yeah, right, right. they lost they lost the national championship game his first year. To FSU. Yeah. Oh, uh, there we go. Gotcha. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. To FSU. With Nick Marshall as quarterback, I believe. Yeah. Wow. What a wild wow. game that was too. Yeah. That was uh Jameis. Jameis yeah. under slanging it. Anyhow. Uh so yeah, do we do we want to get into the Auburn to Auburn talk? Let's uh yeah, I mean, Auburn is really the only one worth, I think, really discussing at this point. 
Um, I don't know who to posit for Illinois or South Alabama or Vanderbilt just yet. I think I did hear Notre Dame defensive coordinator something like Clark Lay is his name. Lee? Clark Lee, maybe? Um, he uh, yeah. interviewed it at, at Vanderbilt. Um, Someone but said Vanderbilt already, already offered Gus the job. I was I gonna say know. Gus, Gus turned them down a few years back, right? Oh no, years ago. Tire there is to that, but um. Vanderbilt. Yeah, Gus Gus turned down Vanderbilt several years ago. <laughs> um, Probably one of the fire Gus years of your. Hold on, let me let me find it. Imagine imagine leaving Auburn for Vanderbilt, being like, "You guys are way too stressful for me. I'm gonna go coach in this dump." Yeah, so back in 2010, I'm gonna be worshipped as a god at Vanderbilt University. Which I think, I mean, 2010 was before he was. 2010 when he was like the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. So he was the OC. I think. I think it was right after they won the national title with Cam. Yeah. Okay. And Vanderbilt offered him the job and like 15 million dollars, and he turned them down. Hmm. Probably smart. So I mean, it worked out okay with him. He's gonna yeah. make 20 million dollars for not doing it. I mean, that probably led to the James Franklin situation at Vanderbilt, then, right? Um, I forget their words. Are there? It seems like the time frame for that hire. Well, was, that the, was that the person before Franklin who then got fired for Franklin? Let me check out their coaching. It's a real trail of tears if you go too deep into it. I've got Mike Houston to Vanderbilt. No, it was it there. was Franklin because Franklin took him to Bulls in 11, 12, and thirteen. You're right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Auburn. The I mean, you're getting. Uh, Sort of the normal, I guess, run of names. Oregon head coach uh, Mario Cristobal at the top of the list. Usually. Um, you think he's at the top of the list? Or do you think a certain Lynchburg resident is at the top of the list? Shane Beamer? Uh, <laughs> First of all, Shane Beamer's from Charleston. Georgia. Well, he said resident, not native. <laughs> um, Lynchburg. Yeah, so I mean, Freeze has got to be on there. Apparently, Freeze's—they had the the green light, according per Stephen Godfrey. Auburn had the green light to hire Freeze as the offensive coordinator if they wanted to last year. Hmm. Um, so there's—I don't think there's anything precluding him from coaching in the SEC other than just general stank um, and ickiness and optics. But uh, I mean, it's Auburn, baby. You know they don't care, and I think it would be. It kind you know of makes who sense. Else, you know who else is employed in the SEC? Will Wade. So I'm pretty sure the SEC is not going to do jack. And uh, DJ Durkin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You guys are making a lot of really good points here. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. In yeah, we're, we're making the points to agree with you. Yeah. Um, I think Freeze has got to be up there. Cristobal probably up there as well. Um, Cristobal, like being an Alabama guy, maybe, you know, Auburn wants to be more like Alabama and, you know, they can bring Cristobal in and he can nuke their offense and they can talk about how good their offensive line is and never be able to beat teams that they should beat, which sounds pretty good and pretty on brand for Auburn. I'll be honest. So uh, we'll see how it goes there. Do you guys have any hot Auburn opinions who they should hire? I think freeze would be a fun hire. I mean, uh, aside from ickiness factor. Yeah. Well, my, my aside from ickiness factor suggestion was going to be urban Meyer just so he, Oh my God. Mess with Nick Saban <laughs> again, but I don't want to see that. Um, I don't think Urban Meyer would like living there. Well, uh, this feels like another uh, a case where Mrs. Meyer is going to have a direct influence on that. You know, she's looking at property in Tennessee. It's pretty close clearly, yeah. and Austin, from what I hear. Mm-hmm. So many summer homes, <clears throat> right? Um, Arizona is, 
I mean, Vanderbilt and Arizona, Illinois, I would say are all similar level cachet jobs. Arizona might be the, the lowest on that rung at this point. Um, I heard some... Lower than Illinois, you think? I think so, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think that... I just... I don't know. You find the right coach who likes to golf. You can golf year round in Arizona. I feel like the B1G just has a little bit more national burn than the uh, the Pac-12. That's fair. And Arizona is clearly the the redheaded stepchild of the two Arizona schools. (laughs) Currently, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. But uh, you know, so I don't know. I saw San Jose State's head coach. They've had a really good year. Um, I know San Diego State's had a good year too. So maybe some of those schools out West would be looking uh, at one of those two gentlemen. Um, I don't think Arizona is going to be able to like make a splash higher like they did with someone though. Again, they're going to have to do the like up and coming coach route for sure. Did, yeah. Did I mean, we, we talked about it last episode, but they're like, there are tiers to coach hires and of course Arizona's not on that top tier and they're a splash hire for them is probably that second tier. To be honest, they got lucky that someone got fired when he did, and they, they took a sure. shot at it, and it, it didn't work out. And I don't know why it didn't work out. I don't know what someone's deal is, but it uh, it did not work out in pretty spectacular fashion. So, yep. Jordan, you got you got something? Uh, well, I was just gonna ask uh, if we knew what Kevin someone's buyout was was from Arizona, but I answered my own question. It appears that it will be seven and a half to eight million dollars. Nice. So not bad work if you can get it. Compared to Auburn, they're getting a steal. They get the same result for a third of the price. This is true. Um, all right. So jobs that have closed since we have last talked. Uh, Utah State hired Blake Anderson, uh, who moved on from Arkansas State. Uh, apparently, there was an amicable parting of ways there. Um, must have been time for Blake Anderson to move on. Utah State. Uh, Utah State manages to just like hire a lot of coaches. Like I feel like every like Utah State's making a hiring like every eighteen months. It seems. <laughs> yeah. Very so odd. where where did their, so they they lost Matt Wells to Texas Tech and then they yes. hired somebody. They where hired the guy that, that was guy their go? former. He was their former coach and then he got like immediately fired this year. Okay. Like he was one he of was, those. Yes. Wasn't okay. was he the guy that when um was like the. The current Wisconsin coaches from there, right? Didn't he coach there too, or did was that two coaches ago for Wisconsin? Anyhow, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Uh, but both of these schools are sort of cradle of coaches type schools. Uh, Arkansas State did hire Butch Jones, so shout out to Butch Jones for waiting out his entire um, you know Tennessee contract uh, payout he did, plan. He did his uh, he did his Nick Saban rehab stint. Yes, yes, he's done that now. Um, I don't think Butch Jones is that bad of a coach, to be honest. I mean, he looks funny, and um, <laughs> but he like other other than that, like the best version of Tennessee we've seen in the recent past has been all the Butch Jones teams, um, yeah. which isn't saying much. But also, like they yeah. are, they had a couple they had a couple classic Tennessee seasons when they would actually like win you know eight nine games uh, on the back half of just like screaming down the stretch, beating up on Kentucky and Vanderbilt, and you know Tennessee currently has a tough time beating Kentucky and Vanderbilt. So, um, you know, whatever. Uh, he was really good at, I think he was one of those guys that did the central Michigan to, uh, Cincinnati tour a la Brian Kelly, I think as well. So, um, these guys all, the state like, somebody, somebody like did point out that, uh, somebody did point out that Arkansas state hired a head coach the day before Gus Malzahn got fired and they could have brought Gus Malzahn back. Well, they still oh, could. 
if the ink's not dry. I mean, I'm sure all that stuff's still in transit. Hey, Butch. Butch, quick question. Yeah. That, that notary public has not been called from his home on a weekend. I wonder if so. Gus would just be so mad at Auburn that he would just take zero salary from Arkansas State <laughs> to be the head coach and just like have an NFL staff and no salary for himself. And just Auburn was basically just paying Arkansas State's head coach. He was I love trying, trying to get trying to get Auburn on the schedule every year. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are the two that are full uh, on the hot seat still. I think uh, Virginia Tech might be a little cooler now, but I, I hope you know, so. There but... may or may there there may or may not be a meeting tomorrow with with Babcock and Co. Like there probably is at the end of every season uh, to Stand talk up. about these things. So I got to decide to go to the bowl. Yeah, who's to say? Uh, Tennessee, I would say similar. Um, you know, they they did what they needed to do and came out of Vanderbilt with a win. So they got out of the stadium alive there, which is good. And uh, so maybe things are a little cooler there. But Tennessee is bad. They they look – they've got all of the bad coached, poorly coached team things going on. They check also, all of those boxes. The, the, the coach, like, has zero idea, like, what to do with the quarterback. Like, they, they, they play – Three quarterbacks, a half, and just like have like Harrison Bailey in there throwing eleven passes, and then Garantano doesn't play at all anymore. I mean, and they just got these other guys who are trying to figure out if anyone's good. No one's good. Also, no one gets a chance to prove if they're good because they play. It's not even like they're doing platoon system. He's just like, all right, boys, let's roll the balls out there and see what happens. You yeah. know, all time QB for a few snaps, but um, <laughs> it's weird. Uh, I'm. Yeah, uh, it seems like a mess. Yes, uh, I think that the seat at Texas is still very hot, but uh, there was a, a release. The, <laughs> the athletic director today the emphatic uh, vote of confidence. Gave the, it gave the emphatic vote of confidence. Confidence, which uh, let's can, can we queue up Texas's schedule for next year? Um, I'd like to know it, when is when is Tom Herman getting fired next year? At what point in the season are they uh, lighting <sighs> and sending it out into the twenty twenty one Texas do, football? They are home against Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Oh. At Arkansas, home against Rice. Okay, so they got at Arkansas as their weird, like, yeah. They're fake. uh, The Raging Cajuns could give them problems. I was going to say Louisiana's feisty. They could, but Napier's, Napier wants, and Napier might not be the coach there anymore. Yeah. Well, then they they open Big 12 play with at, at Baylor, at Iowa State, at TCU. Okay. So, you drop that uh, Baylor game, you could start zero and three. They're not. They're not going to lose to Arkansas or Rice. No, I'm talking about Big Twelve. Oh, oh, gotcha. You lose yeah. that. You lose that Baylor game. You're probably losing at Iowa State. You're probably losing at TCU. Evidently, Baylor's starting quarterback is in the transfer portal. He's had Charlie enough. Brewer. He's, he's, yes, he's taking his his things and leaving. So, um, yeah, I don't. I don't see him losing to Baylor, but I mean, Iowa State could be good. But hey, you know, Matt Campbell. Who's to say where he's coaching next year, too? Oh. Um, but yeah, I think that Texas probably is like the hottest seat going into next Ooh, year. Matt Campbell at Auburn. How, how do we feel about that? Mm. Um, I feel like that's too smart of a hire for Auburn. Yes, I was going to say I, I, I don't think I don't think I think that would be a really good hire for Auburn. I feel like the Auburn boosters would not be pleased. Yeah, I feel like yeah, they, go fast they, enough. That car yeah. that car is way too sensible. <laughs> I need something that puts a little scary in my system. Yeah, yeah. He just he has his teams are just like too well coached, and 
coordinated and you know <laughs> Auburn needs like a little bit of pixie dust and like magic. That playbook's too big. Auburn needs Keep racing things. stripes and <laughs> an aftermarket muffler. Definitely and... needs the, the wing on the back. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Spoiler yes. that's way too big. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're, yeah. The uh, the 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 Auburn <laughs> we can't say that? Why, why can't we say that? I, uh, I've, I feel like that term is probably in poor taste, but it's I'll what everybody it calls and, them. So. I'll look it up when I go and bleep through all this stuff. So, <laughs> fair enough. We'll get you'll get a final ruling when you. <laughs> yeah, you can, I mean, you can let me know. I wasn't, I wasn't honestly trying to, uh, to whatever. I all mean, right. it, it is what everybody calls them. Michigan is also speaking of poor taste. Michigan speaking is, of poor taste. Um, hold on, can we go back to, <laughs> to Jason's quip there? Not that the not that Jason is guilty of this, but just the justification of well, it's what everybody else calls them. <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to help you That's out. That's never gotten just, anybody. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Jason, for trying to help me out with the worst yeah. assist of all you time. You are welcome. Yeah, yeah, keep keep it up, Logan. Lean right, right yeah, into it. Communications <laughs> professional. Let's, let's move off of this. Uh, communications for <laughs> uh michigan I, I i would put them up high uh and i think texas tech has some problems um now too i don't think things are going very well there at texas tech i don't know what texas tech's expecta- expectations are we have seen texas tech be okay in the not so distant past uh but uh i don't know college football seems like it's it's morphing um, and you're getting a lot, a, a sort of like ruling class that's always going to be good, and a, uh, and then just like a whole bunch of people that you know think about the talk about the glory days a lot. So, um, and try to get and try to just dump money at getting back there, which in theory could work, but I think the location is killing some of these schools now too. Like, like I'm sorry, Nebraska. I just don't think that kids from South Florida want to go to Nebraska. You know, yeah. And I don't care that you have a cool coach. I don't care that you have racing stripes on your car, you know, and uh, and an aftermarket muffler. It's, it's just not going well there. So, anyhow. Thoughts before we move on to actual football? I'll take – Yeah, right. I mean, it, I, I remember – I'm old enough to remember 10 days ago when everybody thought that very few people were going to get fired because there's a really bad money times. So, you know, well, those were fun. That was a fun 24 hours where that was believable. Yeah, well, this is the this is the usual thing where people kind of conflate, uh, yeah, of the foot the money that moves football with the money that moves athletics, right? Correct. And it's it's and different. with like common sense and emotional, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And and not like a bunch of you know uh, Auburn dudes in like uh, Patagonia vests <laughs> sitting around right now spitting into dip cups like just bunch of board members. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay, let's get to some actual football. Fun weekend. Great weekend. A lot of a lot of high so level fun. competition. All throughout the gridiron. Um, first up, I watched none of this, mostly because I was sad. Day, uh, <laughs> but Houston played Memphis. Um, I was uh, I, Memphis seemed to be dragging Houston there for a while, and then I think I looked up and Houston had it all. Did they come all the way back and tie it up and then still lost? Which is a shame. That sounds right. Hold on, let me. I, I watched. I think like roughly the end of this game. Yes. Um, Tillman Fertitta needs to tell Dana to tighten up. All right. He's got. Tell, I know Fortita's got a lot going on these days, but he needs. He's got, he's got to, a lot on his plate right now. I'll let him know. Uh, yeah, Memphis. So Memphis won this game thirty to twenty-seven. Yeah, okay. Um. But yeah, Houston scored three touchdowns in the last quarter. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. 
So yeah, it was um, it was twenty seven six Memphis at the end of the third, and then Houston scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, including the last one with twenty eight seconds left, and then scored too soon. Hashtag scored too soon, and then mm-hmm. Memphis drove forty six yards in twenty eight seconds and kicked the field goal. Oh, so they actually made their field goal. That was makeable at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. That must have been a rare, a rare luxury. Um, okay. How do we feel the Dana Holgerson experiment in uh, Houston is going? I mean, how great it is incomplete. <laughs> it seems like it's been not as they, they haven't like uh, improved. <laughs> is that the word I'm looking for? Like, I, I feel like they're still riding on the like, oh, Dana's there. Like, they should be fun. They're investing a lot in football. We think they're going to be good. And they just like haven't clicked. Like, I would expect for them to be more on par with Memphis and UCF. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm willing to grant it because didn't. I mean, everybody left after last year, right? Then well, they yeah, just but like... the the concerning thing from my perspective is the the way the exodus happened last year. Yeah, where it was no, that's like, fair. Okay, we played our four games, and now we're opting out, so we yep. can come back next year. And it's all part and of the plan. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. See ya. I'm going to Miami. Right. So yeah, I think I think that part of the things is genuinely concerning and a real issue. Um, but. Um, I'll, I'm willing to grant a third year after this year. So. Oh no! I mean, I I'm, I think I'm willing to grant the year. I just I I think Houston maybe had a bit of outsized expectations. Yeah. For just Dana he, coming in because I mean, like Dana's West Virginia teams. I mean, they were always like good, but I don't really think they they always did the thing where they would you know be good and then have to play a team like Oklahoma or something like sure. that, and then they would always just get stomped, and it was like. It just wasn't close, you know. So yeah. they were kind of, you know, in that echelon of like I don't want to say fake good teams, but you know what I'm saying, like maybe overvalued good teams just because they usually had good records, and that's fine. And because they were fun to watch. Yep. <laughs> oh, for sure. Then yeah, Big Twelve footballs, all all like that. So, um, all right, we can get to it. But uh, uh, we got we had some fun in Gainesville last night. Um, Florida falls to LSU 37-34, I believe was the final, in just a real, a real dumpy performance by the, a, a weird, I will say a really weird performance by the It was a, it was a, as a, as an unbiased observer, and I do genuinely empathize with how everything went down, but like, yeah. that, that was so funny and oh, absurd, like, not just, oh. not just the one big thing that was funny, oh, but like, the whole game was just nuts and absurd so, Jason, like i think i think uh, ryan nani tweeted, tweeted like everybody wanted it to be normal so lsu florida yeah. came out with like it's steal a police horse like nude in the food court craziness like that's yeah. what it was and that, i would have been disappointed if it wasn't that yeah no i mean it was it was certainly uh just wild and enjoyable um jason do you know what florida's post game or sorry lsu's post game win expectancy was based on bill Connolly's. uh oh i i saw papa bill c tweet out the 0.6 percent yeah. that oh, LSU yeah. based, based no. on the stats that's i think that's the the slowest win uh, since he's done that stat, at least this season but i think wow. it might be the like the least likely win basically so um I'll just get out of the way. Like Florida's offense didn't play too bad in this game. They uh, they struggled yeah. to finish drive. They struggled to finish, and you get you know there's a turnover on downs on the first drive. They threw a pick six, I think, on the third or fourth drive in the half. Um, they fumble. Uh, Trask gets uh, run down from behind right before halftime. When Florida has been so good all year long about scoring right before halftime and getting a little momentum swing through the half, um, they it happened to them. 
this this game. LSU scored right before halftime, and they got the ball back, and I think scored only a field goal right after halftime. But they also they went on like a thirteen play, sixty two yard drive to score a field goal that took like six and a half minutes off the clock. So um, did you know kind of what they needed to do? Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, Trask has two rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns and throws for 475 yards. I mean, the turnovers were killer. Ultimately the, the undoing, um, I would say, uh, Kadarius Tony played his ass off. I don't know. He was, I felt so bad because that last drive, he was just like, you could tell there was just nothing left in the tank. Nine and catches for 182 yards for him. I mean, he's he, just a monster. The, the, um, I, the wide receiver coach for Florida, Billy Gonzalez, gets a lot of heat for missing on recruits and on the recruiting trail. But you got to give the guy a lot of credit. The the Florida receivers uh, appear to be they're they're willing blockers and they're they appear to be very well coached. And a guy like Kadarius Tony was so wild and out of control for the first two plus years. Um, you saw him start to round into form last year, and this year he's been legitimately one of the best slot receivers in the country. And he's gonna get he's gonna get drafted. I mean, he's gonna be probably a, a first day, second day draft pick. I mean, um, you have to you have to be really good to like draw comparisons to Percy Harvin and have them not seem absurd, right? And he's I mean, he's not as fast as Percy Harvin, and that's fine. No. He's, like I have rarely seen a guy that runs with the amount of balance that he runs with to be able to start and stop like he does. It's it's incredible. But he's added to his game this year, the ability to be a, a legitimate slot receiver and go over the middle and catch passes with his hands and things like that. So anyhow, huge bright spot in the game was Kadarius Tony. Um, he seems like he really bought into this coaching staff. And, you know, I think he had the reputation of being a bit of a knucklehead. If, you know, use all the loaded words that all the announcers like to use, but that was Kadarius Tony um, kid from Miami. You know, the, the, the story you always get told about him and, and he, he really, uh, um, he did the number one jersey uh, well this year, so good for him. Yeah. That, that said, um, Florida's defense is an apocalypse. They cannot get lined up. They give up 37 points to – well, I guess they give up 30 points to an LSU team starting um, a true freshman quarterback on the road in the swamp at night on his first start. And uh, just pretty much, I think, I saw another stat, 44 dropbacks, zero sacks four total pressures in the entire game um, really let a kid get comfortable back there. And that's, uh, I guess I would say a recipe for losing a football game. Um, the starting quarterback was Max Johnson, son of Brad Johnson, uh, yep. Yep. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl winning quarterback, Brad Johnson, I believe. Right. Had so, many uh, cups of coffee with the Washington football team. as well. <laughs> yeah. Which also we're getting old. You love to see that, but uh, he was one of the last quarterbacks. I remember that wore the like, that that one face mask that a lot of quarterbacks were wearing back in the day that was like the deep it had like the the, the low rung thing and like just the center bar and yeah Drew Brees wore it for a little while too I believe but uh, that all said um, always funny to see kind of what pops up but uh, yeah I mean and then add to Florida's lack of pressure is playing really soft coverage when you're maybe blitzing or trying to engage uh, up front and not getting home and uh, it was bad uh, Florida's defense. Kept them in the game in the second half. They, you know, got LSU off the field a few times, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I just this was this was just a weird game. Florida's inability to finish on offense and their defense's inability to like get demonstrably better in the second half. They they made some stops, but um, I don't think it's acceptable to give up 
30 points in a game and, and say that the defense played well, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah. And then, I, Jason, you alluded to it, but sort of the, 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 the cherry on top of this game was a tie football game with two minutes to go. And Florida finally, you know, feels like finally gets a stop, uh, forces what appears to be a punt. Um, they're going to get the ball back with a chance to win the game and, you know, keep the season rolling a little bit of a scare, you know, be able to do the whole, we overcame adversity, you know, we didn't play well, we got unlucky and we still found a way to win thing. And, uh, somehow in the midst of making a tackle, Marco Wilson rips, uh, find, finds himself with a, the player who he tackled shoe in his hands and just gets up and is like so excited, just rifles the shoe like 20 yards downfield, um, uh, to, Right in front of the LSU bench also, which, of course, like the LSU bench erupts. And, yeah, they're going to throw a flag on that. It was unsportsmanlike conduct. Um, Florida, you know, so 15 yards, it's a first down. Florida eventually forces uh, a field goal. And this, I mean, shout out to the LSU. This kid bombs a 57-yard. You couldn't even see the goalpost because it was so foggy either. And he made the kick. Shout out to him. Tremendous kick. Um Florida to get the ball back, get a chance to kick a field goal. It was a makeable 51-yarder. Evan McPherson pushed it wide left. Evan McPherson is a very good kicker, and he mm-hmm. is not. He's missed some kicks this year, and it's been a little disappointing. I think he's 12 for 16 or so on the year, which is good, but um, kind of needed him to come through right there, make a kick, go to overtime, and try to win the game. You know, you would think Florida probably would have won if that game went to overtime just based yeah. on Florida's general success they were having on offense the entire game and, and like how it seemed like things were shifting in that direction, but Florida ran out of time and they spotted LSU too many points. And it was uh, just like super mega disappointing. I don't hang all of this on Marco Wilson's um, bad choice, but it was a, it was a very bad choice for a guy who's a senior um, on senior night to make, mm-hmm. who's supposed to be a leader on this defense. And I think the thing that like bugs me and I'll let you guys get in here next. Uh, the thing that bugs me about, this Florida team and I know Mullen kind of likes to play cat and mouse with the reporters after the games and stuff. And he gets a little pissy after losses, which is, which frankly is fine. I would be too, but um, the whole team coaching staff operates with like a weird level of, I would say unearned arrogance that it's easy to throw back in their face when they lose. Um, And, you know, just, I think, I think especially the defense, you know, the defense has not had a good year and you still got guys in the fourth quarter when you've given up damn near 40 points to LSU getting up and flexing in people's faces and, you know, throwing shoes across the field and like all sorts of stuff that in my mind should be 2001 Miami defense doing, not uh, not 2020 Florida defense. Um, so I... I'm just, I have been really disappointed with their performance this year, what appears to be their preparation this year. Um, I try to give Grantham as uh, much credit as possible. I mean, he's not an idiot. He knows a lot about football. Um, tends to make good adjustments in games, but, the, you know, this, it, it finally, like, it, you finally had the game where Kyle Trask didn't play at, like, an all-world level, and you lost. So, congrats. You know, that's, that's, and, and, you know, so my main takeaway is Florida is close. I think Florida is close, uh, but I, I don't think that they're demonstrably closer than they were last year. Um, they beat Georgia, but they're going to they're gonna get rewarded by going to the Outback Bowl. So. Sure. Yeah. Anyhow, that's my that's sort of my sad takeaway. Uh, it's tough. Um, but, yeah, I have a bit of just a bit of an issue with the way that, that Florida has been sort of carrying themselves here. Um, 
And I don't want to do the thing where I look across the aisle at Alabama and you see Alabama beats Auburn. I mean, sorry, Arkansas 56 to three. And Nick Saban is chewing guys out on the sideline up 45 to three in that game. You know, and everyone's like, see, this is the difference in our teams. Like he cares and our coach doesn't care. Cause that's not true. And people have different personalities and, you know, you watch Mullen give it to the quarterbacks all day long. Uh, if you actually watch like all the, all the Florida games, but I do think there is something to like a team like Alabama just like absolutely takes care of business all the time. And Florida has been sleepwalking the past like three and a half weeks of this season. And they finally played a team that was a little too talented to do that against. So, anyhow, that's all I got. That's also, I think that's all fair. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, like I didn't watch a whole lot of this game, but the uh, I did see the the cleat toss happen live, and yeah. when it happened, I thought the that Marco Wilson like ripped the towel off. I thought it was a towel too, yeah. And saw him tossing, I was like, well, that's not like that's not a big deal. And then the flag came out. And they they got Todd McShay, who was on the sideline. Like they cut him in. He's like, yeah. guys, I just saw a cleat flying through the. <laughs> <laughs> like, one of the, one of the all time just most authentic lines in in sideline broadcasting. Guys, I saw a cleat flying through the fog. Right. So, yeah, and that that is one of those situations where it's super tough because that like like you said, Logan, that's not the reason they lost the game. No, but it is. I mean, it is it's indicative of the yeah a chance to win the game. Right. So right, yeah. Oh, and I, I think it's just an, it's indicative of the the sort of the character of this football team right now. And I I still think they got some guys. I don't want to. Well, I don't want to like blame a former coaching staff because Mullen. This is year three for Mullen, and things are going very well. But <clears throat> you know, you you got some guys that. Uh, I think there are some things that you need to take care of to take the next step. Yeah, and for sure. That's where yeah. you are. And, it, and it's okay to be at that moment right now. I think it becomes a problem if you're still at this moment in 12 to 18 months. Sure. Yes. And yeah, I, I don't want to be too dumb to think that like, you know, mo- you know, uh, you, you get a lot of this online. Like, yeah, Dan Mullen, isn't it? Yeah, we, he's just not it. And it, you're like, come on, man. You can't like... Like you're gonna lose a football game, and your your team is like kind of been flirting with maybe losing a football game at various points this year. Um, it is a shame the way that they lost the Texas A&M game, the way that they lost this game were both games that they very well should have won. And but that's why I say I think Florida's really close, and it goes to it goes to show you like maybe take it a little more seriously. I mean, Kyle Pitts didn't play in this game. Apparently, he looked fine in warmups per Todd McShay. And uh, they decided to sit him. He didn't practice this week. They decided to sit him with some undisclosed injury. Uh, probably thought you were going to get away with it. Um, LSU only brought 49 scholarship players to this game and uh, and was able to win. So and it's just disappointing. And, um, you know, that's kind of kind of is what it is. I uh, got it. You got to get better. I just I'm interested in what like Mullen's like true thoughts are. And I know he's never going to give them, um, especially to the Florida like beat, but <laughs> because they're um you know notoriously i think a little bit difficult to deal with and i don't think he exactly loves dishing on guys too and i I don't expect a coach to get up there and be like yeah todd just really had a bad game plan and i didn't talk to him at all he's an idiot idiot, and yeah totally his fault like i mean it's easy to be twitter guys for like he needs to get fired but i think florida needs to move on personally from from the guy uh and it would be nice if we could pawn him off on one of these other schools 
I think he's worn out as welcome. And, you know, he's one of these defensive coordinators that you, you get, a, you know, a comet ride three years out of, and then you can go ahead and, and rinse and recycle. But um, we'll see. Mullen has proved to be very loyal to his staff. And I think that's a good thing. Um, but I also think that can, if you need to be a killer, sometimes it's uh, it's hard to take that step from not being a killer to being a killer. Um, but who knows? Who knows who's making those decisions? Anyhow. Florida, Alabama next week. Get excited, guys. It's going to be a fun one. Dr. Lot Pepper of- Championship. <laughs> the, the, the scenario in which Florida beats Alabama next week is just a delightful thought exercise oh, yeah. to go through. Because, like, number one, do they keep Alabama out? Number two, do they keep the SEC champion out of the of the playoff? Like, I, they're hard-pressed to do either, I would say. And uh, Yeah, or they could do both and just say. Or they could do both, yeah, and Cincinnati's playing Notre Dame. and uh, But I guess if Notre Dame beats Clemson again, there's a, a, a better chance that if Florida somehow finds their best performance in a decade that they could maybe beat Alabama. But um, I don't know. Back to the drawing board. All right, let's move on. USC was at UCLA. Told you guys this was going to be beautiful on TV, and it was. It was. Uh, a frenetic game, wild, up and down. I believe USC, yet again, pulled the rabbit out of the hat and um, came back and won. And Clay, Clay Helton is just going to stay out here. I almost said Todd Helton, Jason. You know, like that. Uh, Clay Helton. Uh, <laughs> yes, he did. Coors Field, though, short play. Thin air. Thin air. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what to make of 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 Pac-12 football right now. Teams have played like five games, and USC is going to play in the Pac-12 championship game this weekend. So cool. <laughs> okay, sounds great. They're going to play Washington. So that's yeah, Friday. That could, for all I know, that could be correct. Right, right. San Diego State was at BYU. I believe BYU won, and I did not watch any of it. They did, but San Diego State gave them gave them a game. It, I think uh, I heard the under hit because the San Diego State quarterback tripped on his way into the end zone and didn't didn't actually score in the under hit, which Ouch. is brutal. Almost as bad as uh, Pete Rose told a story on the Libertard show that he was uh, betting some horses uh, at some like awful, awful <laughs> racetrack at Konya or something racetrack up in uh, Laconia, up in probably Indiana or someplace where he's from. And uh, a deer ran across the courts and knocked his jockey off his horse. He was ahead by like five lengths coming down the back <laughs> Jockey, a deer hit his jockey off the horse. He got DQ'd. Bad beat of the century. Gotta be. All right. Wake was at Louisville. I don't know why I put this on here. Louisville won. Satterfield, <laughs> Satterfield looked. Uh, the good Louisville showed up. Emily, uh, Coach E asked me. We were watching the end of this game. Um, she was like, is Louisville's coach a nice guy? And I was like, well, Emily, see, that's a complex question. <laughs> yeah. It's really it's really hard to say. He's had, bad, Emily, he's had nice a in the terms of your profession or nice and in, in uneven in, performance the past. Life brings years. us multitudes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh all right, I've talked a lot. Uh let's go UBA VPI first, Jordan, since it's first on the list, unless you want to go the other ones first. Uh I mean we can just get it out of the way. I don't I don't How know do we do picking games this week? Yeah, right? I'll, I'll let you guys know as soon as I okay. get the spreadsheet up. Uh, right. Let's see. As as I calculated it in the <laughs> wee hours of last night, uh, Logan, you went one and four. Great. Jason, you went two and three, and I yep. went three and two. God. So on the season, 
that puts uh, Jason and I tied for first currently at 32, 30, and 3. Logan, you are two games behind at 30, 32, and 3. Dang. Below the 500 line. The wheels have really fallen off the past couple, three weeks. Yeah, you're, for you're limping into the clubhouse at this point. <laughs> Was feeling myself a little bit there. Got a little, got a little emotionally bent on the. You got you a little chesty. That's fine. That was hey, dumb. listen, conference championship week. This is where this is where you win. This is where you make it all this back. Is, this is how we win. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk Commonwealth Cup. Let's just do this thing. Let's <laughs> let's just get after. Let's it. detox the feelings. Let's <laughs> honestly like, and I know. Jordan, just... I'll, I'll lead off by, and I, I didn't watch this because it was uh, obviously smart. on that's the ACC. Cons- you, Jason. It was on the ACC conspiratorial network, yep. um, and that's fine. Uh, but I will say, from what I could tell, Jordan, you basically called this start to finish in terms of the matchups that were bad for Virginia and all that stuff. And I should have listened to you. I saw it so, too clearly, guys. Yeah, it was it was very you like word for word nailed it. So yeah, I mean, like <clears throat> just emotions wise, I want. I want to preface this by saying I know it's it it will be easy to nitpick this as like well it's easy to say now and you wouldn't have the same energy if the game had gone differently but like honestly I did not care very much about this game compared to years past like sure. I found myself far less emotionally invested in it it's called being a healthy adult, Jordan. Welcome. Welcome to being <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Where where Logan's been waiting for years. Crazy. Determining your your self Crazy how a pandemic and other <laughs> in your life can really <laughs> really provide perspective on some things. Um You're right. But I think, yeah, so like <clears throat> and it was just hard to really get again super invested in it. Um but yeah, it I mean UVA won the coin toss and that was about it. Like that right. the, their opening drive on offense was great. They marched right down the field. Um, Armstrong threw a dime of a touchdown pass to Keaton Thompson. Um, but <laughs> the two quarterbacks as they do yeah. hooking up on the touchdown passes. <laughs> yeah. Dual threat, two dual threats. So that's a dual dual threat in, in some circles. Mm, the quad um, threat. The, the, the point in which I started feeling the impending sense of doom was uh, Virginia Tech muffed a punt uh, pretty yes. close to their own red zone. UVA gained... It was like the 29-yard line, yeah. UVA gained like two or three yards in three plays, and then Brian Delaney came out and pushed a field goal attempt that would have put them up 10-3, I believe, um, which would have been huge. Momentum wise, confidence wise, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, and it was a weird kick too, because it was one of those that went like right over the, yes. the upright. I like, it was hard to tell that he didn't make it. And they were like emphatic that he didn't make it. I guess he missed it, but like it was the way the camera looked like, it looked like he made it. It on looked TV. like he made it from the camera angle. And it yeah. brought back memories of, again, I'm going to yeah. reference this. That Wake Forest game. Al Grow challenging. <laughs> missed kick call that got overturned. Getting it overturned was the best part. Like I can't believe that. I remember that. Raycom Sports was Wake Forest, right? Uh, it was either Wake Forest or North Carolina. Oh. But uh, 
the yeah only the wizardry of our grow but now like you cannot challenge that's a call right. that you cannot challenge anymore if it's above if it's above the level of the yeah the above top. the wind flags type deal yeah. um so part of me <laughs> thinks this is a weird to. tangent but part of me thinks we should also put a top crossbar so it's a it's a rectangle and you gotta, <laughs> like hit a box. You gotta kick it through the yeah you gotta kick it through the rectangle <laughs> we're gonna reward guys for like having too strong of legs and just bombing it over the box yeah let's yeah let's yeah yeah i see no problem with this we're yeah. bringing blocks back into the game beamer ball is back baby <laughs> gotta kick it low and maybe put some nets on either side of it i don't know this is or you gotta do though. like you gotta so. do like really aggressive parabolas and like try to like get it falling down through yeah, the you gotta hit the gap wedge and and land it on yeah. a land it on a five yard petri dish but uh yeah so anyhow that was when when uva did not convert that into points yes that's when i kind of felt that the milk began to curdle a bit um virginia tech didn't punt until midway through the third quarter also a problem um they right. they did whatever they wanted to pretty much offensively uh the virginia defense remained yeah. very bad um, jordan real quick the the score that virginia gave up right before halftime was also like supremely brutal yeah. um they, they like just inexplicably didn't push a guy out of bounds and he just like turned around and they whiffed on the tackle completely and he just like jogged down the sideline untouched it was a seven yard out that ended up. Yeah, it, was like it, it was like the corner assumed that he was just going to catch the out and step right. out on his own volition. He like didn't even like make contact. He just kind of like his arms just hit him and that was it. And there was no yeah. pushing. Weird. Yeah. So there was that. And then like UVA kind of tried to maybe try and get a field goal before halftime, but then they absolutely botched how they were going to use timeouts. Um, I think like watching this, I got the sense that one, there's still a lot of mental hurdles in the UVA program of sure. playing this game on the road. Um, it it could have gotten real ugly if that was a, a Lane Stadium with fans in attendance, because <laughs> um, that that's again very disappointing that you have uh, an empty Lane Stadium. Like that should be your best chance to win this thing on the road, and you just get embarrassed like that uh -huh. um but yeah so like i i felt like watching brennan armstrong he seemed to play like a guy who was pressing a lot like he felt like he had to be the bryce perkins and do everything and win this game by himself um which was a mistake and i think he'll learn from that but he made some good throws and he made some really bad throws like throwing balls yeah. behind guys under throwing your six, seven receiver multiple times. Um, I don't know. He doesn't, um, he doesn't do that thing where he fits the ball in between the linebackers and the safeties very well at all. Like he, yeah. that's like, that's something that, that I, I've always, lacking. I've been impressed with like Kyle Trask all year. Like he fits that ball in really well. Like I, it, it too many times um, Armstrong steps into that throw and sails it right to the safety. And yeah. It's like, Oh, Dude, you can't be throwing like that. Can't be the interception you throw. Yeah, like, well, it's like he doesn't even out. see the safety on right. some of those. So, so yeah, I think uh, I think long term, like he'll be fine. I'm still confident in him. I have big questions about just kind of the defensive <laughs> side of the ball in general. And part of yeah. me, I don't want to read too much into how poorly they played towards the end of the season because there were injuries and there were opt-outs and you know this was a unique 
year, but all teams are facing those same challenges to a degree. And like, this is not the first time where the defense has absolutely been skeleton crew at the end of the season. So I think there, there needs to be some self-evaluation in terms of roster management and recruiting at certain positions on the defensive side of the ball, secondary in particular. Um, yeah, so we'll see where it goes from here. But, uh, yeah, not not the result we wanted to see, for sure. But no. uh, if it keeps Fuente around for a couple more years, maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's a blessing in disguise. It's the Broncos playing the long game. Yeah, chestnut checkers. Yep. I was just disappointed. I was disappointed the defense, of course. They just gave – giving up the big plays is tough. Um, this Virginia Tech team doesn't – seem to be like a home run hitting team and you kind of gave up a couple home runs uh particularly that one right before halftime i don't really think virginia played like terribly on offense but you make the mistakes coupled with just like your inability to get them off the field and you're gonna lose that game the way you lost it i mean it, it was it was gonna happen um always a little interested in the game plan for these like big games um seemed a little tentative and pressy at first uh and virginia tech kind of just like I would I would use like a, probably a coaching term, but like Virginia Tech, Virginia lost touch with Virginia Tech at some point, like in the second quarter, and it was just the game was over at that point. Yeah. Like it was it was too much to overcome. Even though Virginia played, I think a little bit better in the second half and scored some points and had some good drives and some good plays, it just wasn't enough because I think the damage was already done. Um, and then I am excited though for Virginia, the Armstrong, Poljan, Davis uh, offensive triumvirate could be a lot of fun is paul jan coming back i know he's a scene graduate he is a senior right? yeah, all right whatever i hadn't heard his name before so well, I, to I, be I, fair seniors can come back this is true i doubt true. he would so, if he's gonna get but yeah there's there's he, a lot of layers he, to those sort of things he should play in the nfl he looks like an nfl tight end oh he'll he'll make a roster somewhere yeah yeah, yeah. but, but yeah, anyhow armstrong like the armstrong to davis pair is potentially exciting because it's like i don't i feel like uva has not had this for a long time of where it's like right. you have a dude at wide receiver and right. then everyone else gets to compliment him like maybe not since like a billy mcmullen in in the matt schaub era wow was, was there deep cut that guy um you so tell yeah, me that, Hall. that's exciting to see um yeah, I had another point that uh oh yeah, I guess like off just offensive play calling in general. I'm I'm curious and I was thinking about this today. I kind of wish we had access to like an all 22 version of some of these games, but I also am kind of glad we don't cuz I feel like if I would watch that I'd just give even more upset and ang- angsty <laughs> and it's probably better for my you know, emotional and mental health that they I need to be running the touchdown play. Yeah, I don't know why they don't like, run the touchdown play to go, to go from like, again, the opening drive was very smooth, efficient, clean to like yeah. whatever adjustments Justin Hamilton made after drive one to where that offense looked like it was stuck in the mud for the rest of the game. Um, like and again, credit, wondered, like, credit Virginia yeah. Tech because they they were able to get pressure only with three and four defensive linemen rarely having to send. Yeah, that, that didn't help. The um, bad sacks. 
completely put you behind. Yeah, Virginia on the other side of the ball was not able to generate pressure hardly at all, which is also, again, big problem, especially when your secondary is not that good. Um, so, yeah, I, like, I'm like i already past it. I'm on to 2021, boys. Ready to get vaccinated. <laughs> go back go back to Boylan's and, and drink some adult bevies before watching UVA Duke, you know? Yeah, I do know. Jason, did you catch any of this? Do you have any any um No, I, I didn't see any of it. I just saw saw the the tweets and the and the reactions, but Yeah, I mean it, it felt it felt weird again that like the kind of like uneasiness around the Virginia Tech program like persists. And uh so I mean I'm I'm sure they were happy to get get the cup back and they clearly had the better team. Um but uh yeah. Well yeah. we'll see we'll see what's next. I just Jordan, it seems like every year we do this thing where the defense has like one injury or what feels like one or two injuries. And then it's just like, oh, razor thin, razor thin back there. Like we just like we, we and it's like at a certain point, we, we have to have the ability to have like playable depth at some up. point. Yep. Any any like, you know, I'm not saying the guy that's coming up needs to be, you know, a lockdown corner or something, but. Virginia really seems like they every year have this like weird fall off based on like an injury, um, you know, or even it'll be like a single linebacker gets injured. And then it's like, oh, man, like all hell is broken loose on defense. Yeah, like, God, man, that, that why, shouldn't yeah. why, that why bad, is the you know? margin for error so razor thin yeah. in year five when you can't sure. just like trot trot a couple more nickelbacks out there? To, right. Well, it's like, and, it. I mean, to be fair. You don't play Clemson every year. I don't think they play Florida State every year, do they? Hmm. Like you, you do play Miami, but you got to play. I mean, you, you're doing this against North Carolina and Duke, and um, you know you, Louisville, and it's like you know that th- these are teams that probably have more talent than you now at this point, but like beatable teams. I mean, teams that you've beat before teams, you should be like on, on par with as far, at least as far as like having some guys that can yeah. like come in and play not being so thin. So anyhow, that, that's just disappointing. Cause I don't know yeah. if it's recruiting or attrition or if people want to come play Virginia and then don't get down with the Bronco Mendenhall thing or like how it just, how it goes. Um, and this is probably a conversation for larger for college football, right? Like, I mean, I think there is a more of a propensity for maybe some people to move on sooner than they would have before. But, uh, concerning that virginia like in year whatever is like still having issues that you could kind of chalk up to like transition between staff issues like yeah. based on numbers well and now <coughs> like roster management is going to get even weirder and more chaotic given that sure. the transfer uh process and regulations has been loosened to right. to the point where it in some cases can be de facto free agency. So you'll probably see a lot more turnover, which for a team like UVA could be helpful in some position groups and could be troubling in others. So we shall see. Well, and you know, Virginia still at that point where they get one, you know, a four-star defensive lineman commit and it's, that's a big get for them. And if that guy doesn't either pan out or stay, then that's similarly a big loss for them. Right. So it's, you know, other teams can. The magnitude you know, sort of, is higher with each yes. roster. Move. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, and that's why I mean that's how you build depth, right? You you got to have a lot of three and four star players on your team so that you can afford to absorb and lose them at, at the rate which it's going to happen. And Virginia just isn't there yet, and that's a little troubling. So, yeah. But so it goes. 
See you next Indeed. year. Indeed. <laughs> For sure. All right. Uh, other games we picked. Let's figure out what those were. <laughs> we uh, picked other games this week. We had Utah, Colorado, nine little little uh, uh, nine well, a.m. Let's go. Let's go. Georgia, Missouri first. Just get that out of the way. Um, Missouri had this tied 14-14 at one point, and then right. it went south pretty quick, from what I could tell. Didn't watch a lick of it. Saw that JT Daniels put up some stats. Uh, good for Georgia. Sure. Yeah, that's all I got to say too. Yep. A lot of Georgia fans, man, imagine if JT had started from the beginning of the season, yeah. we would be we would be number one, brother. Well, he couldn't he couldn't beat out Heisman finalist or Heisman favorite? Sorry, Jamie Newman. So it's true. Never saw a single snap for Georgia. Right, love it. Uh, all right, Utah at Colorado. This was a funnish game. Yeah, I, I watched most of it, and. Uh, it went from like Colorado looking good to like, damn Utah, why'd you have to? You, you really did it to him like that, huh? Like in very quick amount of time, and there was sure. snow. Yeah, uh, Jake Bentley not built for that, not built for that <laughs> weather. Uh, would would be interested in hearing what kind of his thought process was when transferring to Utah. Um, did did he think he would be in the low country of Utah where maybe it, it didn't you know <laughs> did he think he'd be playing against different schools um now he probably didn't anticipate going to Colorado in the middle of December for a game but uh like the first three quarters he was he was missing some throws we're like you know Just... you play backyard football when it snows like when we were elementary middle school and if you right. were playing quarterback and you had one of the snow gloves on and you kind of like <laughs> shot, shot putting put the ball, yep. yeah, that was Jake Bentley. Jake Bentley ah. was doing a lot of that. Um, little Tebow threw Yeah, but then they figured it out like, oh, we can just run rampant on these guys. Um, had a couple couple of big runs from the running back room. And uh, yeah. I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was entertaining. Got me through the noon slot, and uh, my elevation boys did it again. Uh, I guess yeah, those elevation boys. Sorry, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I I kept up with this just kind of seeing how it was going. But uh, Pac-12, hard hard to get read on the Pac-12. I wish I would stop putting Pac-12 yeah. games on the games that we need to pick. Cause I think this was the first Pac-12 Pac-12's. game I watched. Uh, maybe other than Oregon, like Washington State. Uh, but Colorado has another Chenault at wide receiver. Oh, that's great. Uh, LaVisco, what is his name? Brother. Uh, <laughs> let's go with that. It's not, but I'm not going to guess because that will just get me in trouble. Um, all right, 3 p.m. slot. We had the Battle of the Troops, Navy and Army. What a wild ride this was visually um (laughs) did anybody watch any of this no no i heard it was pure also (laughs) because it it apparently was it was three nothing until the final 11 minutes of the game yeah and i that's kind of when i joined it um played like on the banks of the hudson river with like george washington paddling by and uh and they that was the delaware river but same idea yeah so it was like foggy I flipped over from 
uh i think the utah game to this and i went from like seeing a snow covered field to just seeing pea soup and if it felt like i was watching a star wars movie when they just jump like planet to planet and there's totally different <laughs> landscapes and everything it's just jarring <laughs> um but yeah army army was up three nothing for a while uh and i remember Apparently Navy had like their quarterback sprung loose earlier in the game. And as he was crossing the plane, fumbled it out of the end zone. That, oh, was, the, no. that was the best scoring attempt. Logan, <laughs> I hate to break this news to you, but they were undone worst by your favorite rule. The, rule, the worst rule in sports strikes again. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And then they got, uh, they got into a weird, just like, run back and forth in between the thirties for the most part. Uh, Navy had another costly fumble that army uh, took and eventually scored. But this was like right after army <laughs> army fumbled. I remember seeing army fumble a pitch and Navy went to scoop score it. And the guy just like clubbed it out of band out of bounds with his <laughs> hand. <laughs> so army got the ball back. Um, Again, and then they had to punt, and Navy, I think, on the next possession, fumbled it away and led. Oh to well, this, I mean, it's this sounds delightful. This sounds like a real, a real, real like, I, early season I gathered, high school. It would be game. awesome nap background content, okay. or right. or if you're just like I'm dying to watch any form <laughs> of this sport, then maybe maybe you scrape the bottom of the barrel with that. But uh, shout out mm. to the troops and. Uh, Sorry to the troops who didn't win. Right. I still respect you. Um, Indeed. All right, 3.30, UNC at Miami. This was Oof. over really soon. Wow. This, wow. Yeah, I mean. This was wild. <clears throat> Did yeah. not uh, – I mean, it, I think at this point it's easy to say, like, oh, Miami didn't show up to a game and got beat. Finally, it happened. Like, I think we even had said, like, ha-ha, you know Miami, they've been playing pretty good, but they probably deserve to lose a couple games, LOL. And they all of the things that Miami did bad to make them almost lose other games, they just did all at once in this game. And, I mean, it is not great when you have multiple running backs on the same team have career days against they, I believe they broke the game. record, the NCAA record for most yards gained by two players. Yeah, 500. By, by a like, duo in major college football. Yeah, yeah it's over like 560. 500. Yeah, and I think Miami gave up 779 yards of offense. 78. Yep, you got it. That's insane. And they're coaching Maybe a half mile of offense. They have like an objectively good defense too. Like I'm not blown. Yeah. I'm not like lying. Like I mean, they yeah, just. Got it wasn't scored. like they, they just had like. Defense. It's not they, like they had like a complete breakdown in the secondary or something like that. Like they just got hammered in the face over and over and over. They just got creased and like. Uh, a team like North Carolina running it down your throat like that has to be so demoralizing because they're doing it out of like, like four wide sets with like one shotgun and pistol and like, sets and yeah, yeah. And draws and like delayed leads and like little counters and stuff like right inside and it's just four on five in the box and you just got to figure it out and these guys just busting loose <laughs> and running dudes over but they got I mean both those running backs looked really good yeah North Carolina looked. This was the this was also the uh, the Jekyll and Hyde North Carolina game too, right? This is the game that has you buying in on North Carolina. They yep. they look great. This is they the North it. Carolina team that like takes Clemson to overtime and right. yeah, right. they they do all the stuff. 
that gets them ranked in the top 10 and gets everybody talking about, you know, how spicy they'll be in the ACC title game. And then they lose to Virginia. Right. Yeah. This, yeah. This, this, is, this team has lost. This North Carolina team lost to Florida State and Virginia in like back to back weeks earlier this year. Yeah. Just inexplicably. Like yep. got like almost run off the field by Florida State. Granted, they came back in that game and like made it made it yeah. pretty, but pretty the scary. Point, the point remains. We saw that yeah. first half. I mean, that first half was not great. They had Florida State had a quarterback that like could not throw the ball forward and and was like it's all on video just guys doing it doing it to him so <laughs> anyhow that all it was just it was weird weird game um i will just again i love De'Aaron king he's he's fun to watch um i think i i texted you guys during this game like if miami runs like what appears to be a design play that isn't just like all right eric like you're going to get the ball and we're just going to roll you sort of like kind of to the left and you just make some stuff happen and point and like guys will be downfield or you could run um, and it'll be fine. Like that play works great, but the like handoff to the tailback didn't seem to work. The like little screens to the outside that were like designed little plays. Yeah, which probably did not. They yeah. used to have an awesome running game like a year or yeah. two ago. Yeah, they their offensive line everybody. I don't think is, is great. They have, a, I think, a Florida grade offensive line that's like fake good um and does not run block very well uh and is is bolstered by having a good quarterback that gets rid of the ball and, and probably moves around but yeah i don't know just uh just just weird and then miami just seemed they seemed shell-shocked i think what was the score it was it like 24 to 7 or 27 to 7 like and it, it just it seemed kind of like the virginia game but it was just yep. like miami this is over like they look like the dudes are just They're sitting no on the sideline connected like, could, yeah and it's yeah it was it was uh you know, not exactly bumping in the hard with like 700 people there either, which is, you know, tough. But uh, anyhow. All right. Well, misery loves company. So come and join me, Miami fans, I guess. I suppose. Uh, yeah. So that does it for games we picked. Uh, boys, have any coaches been hired or fired since since we took on this endeavor of love? The Indians uh, announced that they would be dropping the name. That's about the biggest thing that's happened. Are they going to be the Cleveland baseball team, or have they chosen a – They should, because that would be awesome. I saw something on Facebook, the rumor of a Cleveland Spiders, which sounds (laughs) god-awful. That sounds like a sex position. Um, The uh, the Raiders – Mexican Halloween. (laughs) The Raiders have uh, fired their defensive coordinator. Oh. And uh, I guess who they're promoting to be uh, their DC, Rod Marinelli. This guy, Rod oh, Marinelli. I was has guess been... the uh, the Gruden boy who is the strength oh, coordinator. Deuce <laughs> Gruden. Deuce Gruden. <laughs> Freaking Deuce Gruden. Uh, God, what a, I, I can't believe that that's a real thing. Um, Tennessee. Yeah, I'm on football school. It doesn't the look personification like of a brick with hair. If you were, if you were interested, Illinois is paying Lovey Smith $2.3 million. Mm. Um, they are not going to be using a search firm to hire their next coach. Well, uh, take them out of the Rolodex. All right, the early... Oh, oh, oh we, we should say there has been some credible reporting that uh, Liberty would be interested in hiring one Art Bryles should uh, uh, yes. Hugh Freeze leave, so... You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, and the more yeah, it's a things. little it's a little too on the nose. Oh, I think. 
Very, very much so. But there was uh, also rumors that Texas Tech boosters had gotten together in one of our priles. So uh, who knows? So I have a question. I mean, is it? This is this is potentially a dangerous question. Is there? I mean, is our priles just like? Are, are we just out on our priles forever? Like, so I mean, I am personally. It, I mean, it gets that's, into... fine. that's fine. I just like at a certain point, like I mean, people still do this with Michael Vick, right? Sure. Yeah. I think it gets into how you react to something. Um, there's a lot of people that believe our browse was a scapegoat, which is, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of the technical legal term. Uh, um, so, yeah. I mean, he's the head of the football program. The football program had massive sexual assault and rape problems. Sorry, you're not the fall guy. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that to say that he is a permanent pariah, but uh for damn sure it's going to take a lot of like doing the right thing and accepting responsibility and working to rectify things yeah, and that sort of thing he's, i don't know that he's done a whole lot of and that. he hasn't done jack shit so yeah, yeah. like say what you will about mike vick and that like listen dog people like true dog people will never forgive mike vick and oh, sure. yeah i get it. And I get it but like mike vick also went to prison and served his time and yeah. got out and has basically funded like half the animal shelters in the Hampton Roads area for like a decade and a half since then. And he's done a whole lot of stuff in the community and that sort of thing. So like, you know, you can get, you can get cynical and say, he's just doing that so he could come back to public life and that's fine. But the fact is he did. Yeah. It makes the question. Yeah. What else would, what else do you want him to do? Exactly. I'm just more curious, like from the talking point, because we talk about our brows as if he is the devil himself and, and is. Well, his boss is uh, currently employed. I forget where. Um, <laughs> it is, yeah. it's awful what went on at uh at baylor like like certainly and mm-hmm. i do think that like sometimes we ascribe a lot of this is this is kind of getting back into like football coaches are football coaches right and like they often don't make good decisions that aren't football, football only related. decisions right they often and, make and, bad decisions football related too but they this often is true <laughs> this is true and and we can criticize those i think a little bit more fairly uh, Baylor's a private school. We don't really have a whole lot of insight as to what went on there. It's pretty clear there was some skeeziness that went on there, and I think our Browns like certainly has earned like his his uh, reputation and, and earned, I guess, sort of all the grief that he gets. I was just sort of like, I mean, the guy was like a really good coach for a while. You, you just kind of wonder like, it is it just gonna like is it gonna take like him coaching at Liberty for two years and then all of a sudden he's gonna be Texas Tech's coach and we're gonna be just okay with it because I that's know, how I don't it think goes. that's out of the realm of possibility yeah. at all. all right. Yeah, I, I don't think so either, to be honest. And I'm not. I also, I'm- I, I I will emphasize that you saying "we" does not refer to the "we" on this podcast. That's just, no, this is the royal society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, we, yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things. Like, listen, that it's tough to. I it's super gross to rank college sports scandals, but you have to kind of view that as a, one of the worst three. Sure. Um, and. One was at Penn State, and the other one was also at Baylor, where, um, yeah. where yeah. Dave, Bliss, uh, Dave Bliss basically painted one of his former one a murdered player as a drug dealer to hide the fact that he was paying players. Um, also, that player had been murdered by a teammate. It was horrifying, and so um, yeah, Dang. I mean, listen, like, it's really tough, like. It yeah. was a heinous thing that they were involved in. And sure. if you say that there is nothing our Bryles can do to get back to public, I don't blame you at all. And frankly, I'm probably more on your side than the other side. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not going to say there's absolutely nothing, but it's going to take a whole lot, and he's done nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. It doesn't appear. It appears that he's just trying to, like, be a football coach still yep. and just, like, you know, wants to just call ball plays and, and not be bothered. And you're like, come on, man. Like, you know, you got to take the good with the bad when you have a position like that. So, um, all right. I'm looking here at some names for Auburn's job just in case we wanted to discuss. Steve Sarkeesian did pop up as well. Ooh. Yes. I don't see him being, a f- like, a culture fit there, but – he also wanting has, to be a has, foil for Saban like that. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like he kind of owes Saban for a lot. You know what Auburn should just do? They should just hire Lane Kiffin. Screw it. I, I suggested Kiffin from the start. I think it'd be hilarious. And that's the only thing I'm interested in. Oh my gosh. Wow. 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 Uh, the, Logan, the... while you're looking those up, the names I've seen bandied about for potential Virginia tech replacements. These are more like, uh, twinkles in the fan base's eye uh tony elliott of clemson uh cristobal from oregon okay gus malzahn <laughs> i mean like listen okay. i i don't think cristobal i think cristobal probably could and maybe should be a virginia tech level school head coach i there's just he he doesn't do it for me at or I don't know what's going on at Oregon. Like they seem like they have kind of like I think he should stole. move now so he doesn't get found yes. out. Yes, that's probably true. Uh, I mean, I think he's like a good recruiter and uh offensive line guy, but it's like I don't know, Oregon just like Yeah. I see Chad Josh Morris Heupel was also a name. Say it again, Chad, Chad Morris. Morris. Yes. Oh, please. Yes. Yes. Sign me all the way up for that. Somebody somebody pointed out that um like three years ago, Chad Morris was like the up one like maybe the up and coming guy. And now in the last two years he's been fired twice. Yeah. So like it's wild. Weird business. Very weird. Yeah, he was uh, the he was like the first Clemson coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. To move on. Um I, I do see Josh Heupel on here as mentioned for uh some consideration at Auburn. Okay. And Billy Napier, the Louisiana head coach. All right. Who supposedly withdrew from the South Carolina job because he essentially had his eyes set on other SEC fish. Interesting. Where's Jamie Chadwell going to end up? Mario Cristobal reportedly would come with a nearly $8 million cost to buy him out. Good God. Cristobal's yeah. reportedly reduced his to $5 million on January 1st. But this is dangerous for Auburn because signing day is like this week? Next yeah, week? this week is oh, the 16th. This Wednesday? Yeah. Oh, man. And Fuente's buyout decreases on Tuesday. <laughs> Dude, I mean, imagine, imagine just, well, you got you to gotta make these decisions. This is why we can be the decision makers. For a low nominal fee. <laughs> maybe maybe Scott Cochran, maybe Scott Cochran can be the new Virginia Tech head coach, and he'll just he'll just win with intensity and bench press. He could pull Bud Foster out of retirement, I bet. Just through just show up, will intestines. Show up at the. <laughs> show up he'll at do the walking. He'll do walking lunges all the way to the lake house from Blacksburg with a three hundred. I'm coming to get you, brother. Yeah. We do this. This is how you develop athletes, right here, Bud. Um, my lunch pail, brother. 
<laughs> All right, the fan fiction. I love I love the uh, the anti fan fiction we that do we always best. do. Here. You got to you got to do what you got to do. Um, all right. I think, uh, I think that's enough. I think that's enough for tonight. Yeah, we'll get I back. Agree. We'll get back to this. So a little, little signing day action on Wednesday. That'll be exciting. Always love to see that. The conference championships, probably update job hirings and firings. Mm-hmm. Be great. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So we'll route. Thanks for joining us at the wheel route on Twitter, the wheel route podcast at gmail.com, the wheel stream the show or, review the picks there just click the picks tab and uh otherwise we will talk to you soon love you bye go gators go who's go dukes 